Hi, and welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. I am Melissa Alguera, your personal identity life coach. Let's go to the podcast. Hey, you guys, welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. Today, I want to discuss shame because I really feel like it's something we all deal with and it's just a part of the human experience. It's something that we battle and most of the time we don't even know that we're battling it. And so I just wanted to give a couple examples of what shame feels like and then how other people might perceive it or what it looks like in us when we are unaware. So shame is the experience of I am bad, like something is inherently wrong with me. Um, I'm no good. It's really based in our identity. And all of us struggle with this at times based on what we've experienced in our childhood, maybe in so, maybe even something in our adult life, um, but mostly based in our childhood, the messages that we received as kids that makes us perceive that we are bad or inherently there is something wrong with us or, you know, I can't do anything right or whatever. However, the message of shame is experienced in our life. And so with that being said, I'm sure that this can resonate inside of you. Like, okay, I know I've had moments where I have said I'm really bad or like, I'm just not good enough or I'll never get it done or I feel stupid or, or whatever the, the way that it talks to you, how it sounds may be different, but it is ultimately a human experience because we're in a fallen state. This is just kind of how it is. We are not perfect beings. We stumble, we fall, we make mistakes and how those mistakes um, are perceived by us is ultimately how we know where shame is lying. And so some of the ways that shame, you know, exposes itself is when somebody else is maybe pointing out something that they don't like about us, or maybe Maybe they're just sharing a need and we become really defensive off the bat. And so those defenses may look in a lot of ways kind of resistant to the other person or really resistant to the other person. The other person might be trying to connect with us by sharing their need or maybe something that they don't like. They're actually trying to connect with us, but we're not perceiving it as connection. We're perceiving it as they are saying something is wrong with us. And so some of these defenses look like um, pushing back. You know, we can say to the person, like if they're, let's say they're sharing, hey, like I'm kind of upset because you didn't do the laundry. And then they come back with, um, oh, well, you didn't do da-da-da-da-da, right? And so the defense mechanisms coming up to block the feelings of maybe inadequacy around the way that they feel about themselves and it's shame, you know, that's really, really strong. And there's some other ways that it can show up and I have some notes, so I'm going to look at it really quick. Um, but there's another way that it shows up. It can show up as being a victim. So when somebody is sharing with us, maybe their experience of how they, um, experience us or maybe something we did, then we can go into this like victim state when we're in shame. It's like, oh, well, like, I, I don't know how to do that. And like, you keep asking me to do this and I don't know how to do it. Instead of saying like, I'm actually feeling really inadequate right now. 
and I don't know how to do that and I'm feeling inadequate. The, the difference is, is when we're in a victim state, there really isn't room for connection. The, when we're in the victim state, we're hiding behind the reality of what's happening inside of us, which is that we feel inadequate, but we're not sharing that and the experience. And, and maybe you are inadequate. Like maybe, maybe you don't have the capacity to do the things that the other person is asking, or maybe, you know, you're unaware of the way that you are experienced by another person. And so a lot of shame comes up with that. The other thing is, is um, we can get really immature in these ways. Like, you know, when, when somebody is coming to us and maybe sharing something that we don't like, we can get really immature when we go into shame. Um, we can, we can name call or, you know, resist it in a way that seems really, really childish. And the other person on the other end is going like, like, what's going on here? Like, why is this happening? I don't understand what's happening, <laughs> you know? And it brings a lot of confusion to the person that's on the receiving end of our shame. Another way that shame shows up is anger. And so this can be really painful to the person on the receiving end of, of our shame. And so let's say like, you know, we're, in, we're feeling inadequate with something and something needs to get done. And we start to spit off different, like, like angry statements or passive aggressive statements, or maybe somebody's coming to us and they're saying like, I need, you know, I need you to do this specific thing. And you don't even know how to do this specific thing. And instead of you being like, I don't know how to do that. I'm feeling inadequate again. And sharing really the deeper experience, anger comes up, you know, or even when there's like a need of another person, like, let's say that your partner comes to you and says, I need you to like, sit with me in my emotion and be with me instead of, you know, getting defensive that can bring up anger because you might be like feeling you know, disconnected from what's going on inside of you. And so there's this anger that comes up instead of being able to really share what's happening. And then another thing that really, really um, is a shame, like cover is being silent and hiding and shame always will hide if we're unaware of it. Cause the reality is, is that all of us deal with shame on some level the problem is how we're perceiving it and how we're explaining it or um, giving it out, not even explaining it, but how other people perceive it in us. And most of the time with these things that I've listed, other people are not perceiving that you are in shame. Other people are perceiving that you don't want relationship with them, that they are not important to you. Um, other people are perceiving that they aren't loved, you know, because when you do things to block the deeper pain that you're experiencing because you're feeling shame, it causes other people to not understand that that's really what's happening inside of you, that you're actually feeling inadequate right now. And you don't know how to be there for your partner or for your kids. And so one of the things that I do, because I'm a human and I deal with shame too. And I have a lot of stuff that I'm still unfolding in my story just as much as anyone else's, right? Like this is not 
the process of healing is not linear. It's like, you know, it has highs and lows. And sometimes in those low places, you discover things about yourself that you can heal and then provide in the process for other people to understand as well. So one of the things that I do is for me, because um, the emotion that was allowed in my home was anger. So with anger, there was a lot of shame that came with that because I would like lash out. And then after I'd lash out, I'd feel like all of the shame, like, why did I do that? Like, oh, I don't like that. I didn't, I didn't want to do that, but yet I'm doing it. And, and then everybody around me is like on defense mode because I'm now like raging or I'm like yelling or I'm, you know, projecting like my own feelings of inadequacy instead of sharing what's going on deeper inside. Oh yeah. Projecting is another one too. <laughs> um, but with that being said, what I would start to do is, so my body would have a reaction based on my upbringing. Okay. So the anger is there. That was the emotion that was allowed in my upbringing. And so anger is a normal, is my go-to, right? Like it's, it's an automatic response. It's not something I can really control, um, right off the bat. Like I have to be aware of it. Right. So once I am now aware, so now I'm aware of the anger when it shows up, I'm like, okay, like there's anger here. I'm feeling inadequate. And I actually had a situation with my daughter just recently where this happened. And, and it was like, oh my gosh, it was such a huge reality check. She was doing some school stuff and she needed some help. And I was feeling majorly inadequate and she was like kind of panicking and she was really wanting me to help her. And I was like, oh my God, like, I cannot, like, I cannot help you. Like, you know, why are you asking me? And the more she would ask me, the more inside I was like feeling that inadequacy of her school stuff. Like I had no idea how to help her with what she was needing because school is different now. It's like, there's common core. I didn't have common core growing up. And plus I wasn't really good in math anyways. So like, and it was math by the way. So I wasn't really good in math anyways. And to have common core math and her needing my help with that, it was just like, no, you're going to have to wait till your dad gets here. I cannot help you with that. But what, it, what ended up happening was really beautiful because I could feel the anger. So the anger is covering the deeper feeling of inadequacy and shame, right? So I could feel the anger. And there was a point where I said to her, Hey, like, I just like, I need to take a couple deep breaths. I need to go slow here and like, give me a couple minutes to get back to you. So what I, as I took the deep breaths and I realized, oh my gosh, like I am feeling shame and inadequacy. And as she's asking me for help, this is my experience. This has nothing to do with her. This is my personal experience with what is coming up for me. And so I went back to her and I said, Hey, like, I'm so sorry. I'm realizing that I'm feeling inadequate when you're asking me to help you with math. And it's bringing up some part of me that's really young. Now, mind you, we've had these kind of conversations. These are the dynamics that I've built in my home now since we've had multiple years of healing and recovery. And so, you know, she understands what I'm talking about when I tell her, hey, there's this part of me, like when you're asking me, I'm like going into like my teenage part that I didn't know existed. And this part of me is feeling really inadequate. And I realized that you're per probably perceiving something different and she's like, yeah, like, she's like, I'm perceiving you as like being big and attacking. 
And I'm like, yeah, like that so sucks because ultimately what I was feeling was a deeper level of inadequacy. And I was, you know, using my natural defense mechanisms that I gained growing up to cover that. And the difference is, is like, so I'm aware now of when this stuff comes up. Can I always catch it in the moment? No. But the key to repairing the shame and how it shows up in relationship is by going back and sharing these realities. This actually wasn't about you. Like I had to say to my daughter, this was about my inadequacy. And I'm so sorry that I wasn't able to give language to that and ask for the space that I needed in the time in order to figure that out before I got angry. And so these are the things that we have to work through in our process of overcoming. This is not something that we can just snap out of in like seconds. Like, no, healing is such a process and shame is something that we naturally cover. Okay. Like this is how we, we were born into covering shame. If it wasn't so, then, you know, whatever your belief is, that's fine. But my belief is we came from, you know, Adam and Eve, and that's the story that I believe that we came from. And if you think about it, like when sin entered the world, the first thing that Adam and Eve did was find something to cover themselves with because they were naked and ashamed prior to that they were unashamed. Right. And so they hid themselves with fig leaves. And then after they hid themselves, they literally removed themselves and hid behind something else where God himself was calling out to them. It's not like he didn't know where they were, but they themselves didn't know where they were. So he was calling out to them. Where are you? And this is the reality. We are born with this. We are born. It doesn't matter what belief system you have. This is a human experience. We hide our shame because it feels too vulnerable. We feel that we have to either be perfect or have it all together to be loved, right? Like we can't have these flaws because then I will not be loved. I will not be cared for. And how we undo shame is by sharing it. There's experiences that I've had, you know, in my own marriage and with my clients, even when it comes to physical intimacy. Like when you're in that space of physical intimacy and, and when I say physical intimacy, actually where, what I actually mean is where there's two people that are willing to be emotionally connected and known and also physically connected and known. So I'm not talking about random hookups. Okay. I'm talking about where, where you're actually known and being known means I can share my flaws. I can share my weaknesses or I am working on that. And this person knows that about me. They know who I am and I can stand before them naked and unashamed, right? So this is what it looks like. It doesn't look like just pure physical. Pure physical is not intimacy ever. So with that being said, this is where I'm talking about like where two people who are married have come together and they are sharing their deeper flaws and inner like thought processes and shame. And so like, even with my clients, like, I'm like, Hey, like when we're talking about sex and like working through that process, some of the things that hold us back when we are 
in that physical experience is we'll have a thought come in, a, a painful memory come in, something shameful we did come in. And this is a beautiful time actually to share that because what happens is internally we start to hide when we're with our partner and our partner is recognizing that they're seeing it, they're experiencing that hiding, you know, it could even be body shame, like how we feel physically in the moment about our body. And when we don't share those deeper things, then what it does is it, it breeds interpretation for the other person, right? So the other person is like, Oh no, like, why are they disconnecting from me? Why are they looking away? Um, why aren't they present? And when we can share those things, when we can share, oh my gosh, right now, this like memory came up for me in the middle of this. Um, the, and, and we've practiced, right? Like we've practiced how to be with each other in this moment and to hold space without condemnation or shame. Then the other person can really know us like, wow, right now you're feeling, you know, this way, like you're feeling like you had a thought or like a painful memory where you had been abused shows up and you want to hide and you want to run. But I just want to let you know, like, I'm here with you. And I see that you want to hide and you want to run and you're feeling inadequate or you're feeling shame, you know, or you're having like a, like a body shame moment. Like, I love you like in this place, the difference is, is when we can share what's happening inside where we want to go internally hiding and we can share that with our partner, we will have the most amazing connection because we are allowing the other person to know us in those moments that feel so shameful, so overwhelming to our system. And of course, you know, I'm talking about being with somebody, an intimate partner, um, when you're married and you're being known, but what about like in other relationships, right? Like in friendships where, so like, I've actually done this where, um, I had a situation where I shared with a friend and I built rapport with this person. So I know that I can share with them my heart on a deeper level of what I'm experiencing. And so I don't, I don't remember exactly what happened, but like, I went to them and I said like, Hey, like this really upsets me. And I'm actually feeling really sad about this. And I wish that somebody would have said something to me sooner because now I've got to like plan for this and this and this. And they were just like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so glad you shared this with me. I, I never would want like for you to experience that in relationship with me, but yes, it did happen. And like, how can we repair this? And it was so beautiful because I was able to bring the raw honesty of the inadequacy that I was feeling and then also say like, yeah, like you don't have to be responsible for my feelings. This is just really where it's at for me. Like I'm feeling this and, you know, I relate it to deeper childhood relational things that I've had with other friends, but it's bringing this up, you know, and I want to, I want to make like this relationship be safe for me and share the deeper pains that I'm having and that the deeper pains that are showing up when I have these triggers, right? Like it's being in reality together. It's being in relationship together. It's sharing what's happening on a deeper level together. And so these are just kind of some of the examples of how shame shows up and then how we can undo some of that experience of aloneness because shame isolates us. It puts us in a place of having to go and cope on our own to medicate. And it puts us into a deeper 
um, level of aloneness, which is really where we get in trouble. It's not that the shame, yes, shame is hard in itself, right? But can you imagine like shame, bringing shame into relationship and feeling the love and acceptance versus shame and isolation, right? Like we have to then use like a very limited level of resources to cope with that shame instead by bringing it into relationship and somebody else extending love and care in those places. When we have that experience, then it's like, oh, like it doesn't feel like life or death or, oh, I can be known and I can be loved and accepted in this place instead of being pushed aside, like how my brain says that it's going to happen. You know, I've had like a couple of clients, actually, this is like really the most common experience is people will say, well, if you know this about me, you're probably not going to love me anymore. And I would say nine times out of 10 or almost 10 out of 10, that isn't the case. Most people still love the person that is sharing, even if it is hard for them to hear, or it is hard for them to swallow what is being said. Most of the time that doesn't stop the love coming towards that person. They might be angry for a while. They may need to process it, but there's still so much love and compassion there. And I would say we learned how to manage shame as kids because we didn't really have anybody there for us to teach us about shame and how it impacts us, how it impacts others, and you know what to do with it when it shows up in our life. This is a human experience. And so we can overcome shame by sharing it with safe people. You know, if you are feeling inadequate, you need to share it. Like there is no reason for you to hold that alone. You're not alone in the feelings of inadequacy. You're not alone in the feelings of embarrassment or you're not alone in your thought processes. There are so many people who think exactly the way you do, who have the same messages it is not unique to you. That's the reality. And shame will tell us, oh, like our story is unique to us. And like this, well, you know, your story is unique to you, but the messages and how shame shows up, like that is really a very common experience. It's why they could write books on shame and the basic things that it says is, if you knew me, you would not love me. That's the basic, you know, way of knowing you have shame is that statement. This is, this is the human experience. And so to overcome shame, the way that we can do that is by sharing it with a safe person. This is what's coming up for me. I don't even want to share it. I hate how it feels when I share it. Like, what do you think about me now? You know, I mean, a couple months ago, I shared some, just some details of the betrayal that I went through with my husband, with some friends And I was like, I want to know how you feel about me after I'm telling you this. And I'm still working it out with my husband. And the love I got from them was like, I could not believe it. It was just like so much grace, so much care, so much moving in. And like, like, I actually want to know you more. And like, I actually see you so like in such a, like more amazing way and see shame has a story that it tells us. And if we listen to that story, then it will isolate us further. But when we can recognize the voice of shame, how it feels in our body, number one, it's always defensive, always. 
you know, shame is hiding. I mean, think about, you know, if you think about the story in Genesis where, you know, after God does find Adam and Eve, find them, you know, after he does find them. And the first thing is, is like, Adam's like blaming Eve for what happened instead of owning really what happened inside of him. You know what, God, I actually didn't believe you were good, you know, or Eve just, you know, owning her part too. But this is the thing. So blame is where we often will find ourselves when we're in shame. It'll just be like right back at you instead of saying like, hey, like I did this or I feel this way or I'm not able to hear you because I'm experiencing this. Shame will always come with a defense. And so connection is is our ultimate goal as humans. We actually need that for survival. And so the way that we break down the walls of shame that disconnect us is by sharing those deeper messages that we receive, how we perceive, and how our shame shows up in our life. I really believe you can do it. And this is one step to understanding it fully. And I know that you will find freedom if you can share what's happening inside of you in those moments of shame with somebody who's really safe and can receive you with grace. Thanks for listening. If you have found today's podcast helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. If you are interested in coaching with me, go to www.identitylife.coach. And you can also find me on Instagram, identity.life.coach. 